All right, everybody, this is your man, L. Jamal, and you know what time it is. This is time for Never Out of Bounds. This is a place where your Second Amendment is protected as long as you got them facts. And I got a special Sunday night slash weekend edition. Uh, we're going to go over the top stories over the weekend, a lot of sports this weekend. One major story to talk about on a on an international scale uh, dealing with the U.K., so we'll talk a little bit about that first. And then, like I said, a big, uh, big weekend for sports. We're going to talk a little bit of UFC. Just breeze through that. Uh, talk about Conor McGregor getting his ass. Well, we know a little. We know. I'm pretty sure a lot of y'all know about that. Probably already seen that fight. So we're just gonna touch up on that. Uh, we're really gonna talk about some co uh, college football, of course, like we always do. We're gonna go over the top 25, and then also we're gonna get into the NFL. Uh, we're gonna t get into today's scores, and uh, also we're gonna finally wrap it up with the baseball playoffs, the MLB playoffs. We're gonna go over some NLDS action uh, from last, from yesterday, and of today so let's get right into it uh let's let's get right into it with the world on the street and like i said uh it, it had to deal with the uk now uh, the island of scotland or the country of scotland is now searching for its independence now uh i will say about twenty thousand people uh marched through the capital city indenburg on uh yesterday actually with a mass rally being held at hollywood hollywood park now gary j kelly uh he was a leader for all under one banner this is one of the many groups uh responsible for getting these people together uh he estimated that there were about like i said twenty thousand people uh there and the biggest desire was for constitutional change. Uh, like I said, they also wanted their independence as well. Uh, in case you guys don't know, uh, actually, uh, the in part in terms of the UK, uh, Scotland, and I, I'm sorry, Scotland and England were one of the two founding states. They merged together in 1707, so all the way back. You know, at least, a, you know, over a couple hundred years ago, uh, Northern Ireland, Ireland. Well, at first it was the, the whole country of Ireland, uh, but eventually it would uh, just cease to be just Northern Ireland after one point in time. But uh, Scott, the Scots stayed with them uh, throughout, you know, throughout their history, as well as Wales, who joined uh, subsequently, I would say sometime in the 1700s as well. But it's a, you know, like I said, a conglomeration. If you guys, I think you guys, some of you guys might know this, but they're, like I said, it's a conglomeration conglomeration of those four uh those four countries you got like i said scotland england uh northern ireland and wales <clears throat> and anyways now the uh scottish government of course is against the public protest uh now they have been marching uh they were marching early in the morning like i said uh they had the rally as well uh the movement is also being pushed by the scottish national party which controls half of the country's parliament at the moment now they vote uh actually they voted to stay in the eu in 2014 and 2016 uh now support has risen up to 45 percent, so it's almost halfway there and i'm pretty sure i mean since they've already have elected officials you know within parliament uh, expect for those numbers, at least in terms of support, to go right up. Now, uh, Scottish officials will also meet with the EU uh, between October 17th and the 18th in Brussels. Now, and this is in, uh, I think, Brussels, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Belgium or German. I got to I gotta get my geography right. Uh, but they will be meeting up this, uh, like I said, earlier this month, later on this month. And also they have a meeting schedule for November if things uh, don't work out. But obviously, I mean, with what's going on with England right now, with England wanting to leave the EU, uh, wanted to have a Brexit situation. I'm not saying that this, you know, goes uh, 
you know, without a hitch for Scotland. But I think that since there is a nationalistic mindset amongst a lot of people, I don't see why not. I don't see why, you know, Britain would have so much of a problem. Uh, again, the question would be, OK, well, how does, you know, Scotland sustain itself militarily, economically, so on and so forth, culturally? That would be the biggest question. But it seems to me that there is a movement. Uh, it hasn't officially happened yet, but there is a movement. Uh, the people, a lot of people in Scot Scotland truly want to be independent. They want to have their own country and they don't want to be a, a, you know, a part of the e not only the EU, but uh, the UK. So not only will we see the destruct, well, we might see the ending of the U the EU soon, uh, but also the UK may dissolve in some sometime in the near future as well. So y'all keep out. Y'all keep an eye out for that. I'll keep you guys posted as well. So uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when I come back, like I said, we're going to go over all the sports action over the weekend. I'll go over Conor McGregor's fight uh, really quickly. We we all, I'm pretty sure you guys know about the result of that, you know, really, really big event. And then, like I said, we're going to get into the college football as well, all the top 25 scores. And then um, we'll, we'll, we'll move on from there. All right, y'all, we'll be right back. All right, everybody. So we are back. And there was a lot of sports action this weekend, so we're going to get right into it, uh, starting with your boy, Conor McGregor. Now, uh, of course, we all know about his fight this weekend, the UFC light, uh, for the lightweight championship. He took on Khabib, uh, Nurmagomedov. I, I know that's not how you say it. I tried, uh, but he's from Russia, uh, those, you know, for those of you who didn't know. And, um, you know, McGregor, he got that ass whoop, you know, um, there's no, there's no way around it. Uh, for four rounds, he got beat on, and then he was made to submit. Um, this is, you know, and one thing I will say is, I'm not really into the UFC, and I think one of it, one of the reasons, is because of fighters like McGregor. Now, the way that they sell the fight to me is just so ridiculous. So they're so over the top. They're so outrageous. They're so, they're so much into the bad boy persona. I think they lose sight of, you know, fighting the actual fight. Oh, I have to actually fight this guy. I think they forget all about it. They forget all about the actual fight when they're selling, when they're actually doing the selling, when they're doing the promoting. And it's like when they finally get in the ring, it's like, really? Like, I, I waited months and months and months. I heard you put these sound bites out there. I, heard, I saw you throwing, uh, you know, trash cans at windows for what? To get beat on? I'm glad I didn't pay. For, I did. I'm glad I didn't have to pay for the fight. I just have to say. I just have to tell you that right now. You know what I'm saying? Because that guy right there, he'll just talk your ear off, talk your ear off, and he just puts all these great sounds. You know, he puts out great sound bites. You know, he can react and say what you want. Ooh, he's a tough guy. And then he gets beat out. He gets beat up like a sucker. He went out like a sucker. He talked about the man's father. I think they talk about my father. Y'all remember that episode of Dave Chappelle? He's probably Black Bush. Yeah, they try to disrespect your father, son. You don't disrespect your father. For, you don't disrespect my father, son. Conor McGregor's trash. If I was him, I was retired. I would retire. He's not beating anybody in the top ten in that in that weight class or a champion. There, I said it. Challenge me if if you think I'm wrong. Challenge me, but I think he should retire. He's a bum. He's been a bum for a while. But, you know, he's just popular to a lot of people. Oh, he talks stuff. He's he's exciting. He's yeah, he's he sucks at fighting. He sucks at fighting. We know that now. Moving on. 
Uh, there was a lot of college football over the weekend, of course. A lot of top 25 play. We're going to be going over that right now, starting with uh, going through these scores. Now, number 13, Michigan starts it all off. They got a good win against Maryland, 42-21. to uh, West Virginia, number 9 in the nation, was able to beat Kansas, 38-22. And we have one of our biggest upsets of the year. We had number 19, uh, Texas, taking out number 7, Oklahoma, in the Red River Shootout, uh, 48-45. This went into overtime. Both teams are Staying at five and one right now, and they they are both sitting up at the top of the Big Twelve. This loss pretty much uh, would exclude Oklahoma out of any chances of a of a college playoff. Uh, they were already coming in this game at number seven. They're definitely going to drop. It wasn't like they were just going to. Well, they could have moved up some spots too with Auburn taking the loss. We'll talk a little bit, a little bit about Auburn in a second. A little bit more about Auburn in a second. Uh, but in terms of stats, uh, on the Texas side of things, Sam Ellinger, uh, Led the way in passing 24 35, 314 yards, two touchdowns, and three rushing touchdowns. Now, uh, in terms of actual rushing, Keontae Ingram led the way in 86 yards. Uh, now, receiving, Jordan Humphrey had nine catches, 153 yards, and a touchdown. And also, Colin Johnson had 81 yards and a touchdown. So, uh, Texas was balanced, scoring on all, all both, you know, passing and running the ball. That's how you do it. That's how you knock off, you know, the number seven team in the nation. That's how you win football games. You're balanced. You can run the football. You can pass the football. Anybody can score. That's how you play. Uh, in well, they could have played a little bit of better defense, too. But anyways, in terms of defense, though, uh, cornerbacks Brandon Jones and uh, Caden Stearns both fled, well, pretty much uh, led the way. Uh, Brandon Jones had nine total tackles in an interception, and Caden Stearns had uh, nine, uh, seven total tackles. Now, in terms of Oklahoma, uh, Kyler Murray went 19-26, 304 yards, four touchdowns in an interception, and he also had a rush rushing touchdown, and he went for 92 yards on the ground. So, again, both these teams are balanced. Both these teams uh, can move the ball. Uh, both these teams don't have no defense, though. So, you got to remember that when it comes down to – Post postseason ball playing when we get deeper, actually even deep, just deeper into the season. It comes to conference championship time, so look out for those things. Uh, in terms of receiving, Marquise Brown had nine catches, 151 yards, and two touchdowns. Now also on defense, uh, he had uh, Curtis Bolton leading the way. He had 13 total tackles and a sack. Now moving on to the rest of these scores, number one Alabama just keeps on rolling. They beat Arkansas 65 to 31. Uh, Michigan State. They take their they take another L this year. Uh, they lose to Northwestern a big in a big Big Ten matchup. Uh, not necessarily well, not necessarily huge, but I would say uh, huge in terms of that of that division. Just kind of figuring out who's going to be second and third, who might be able to challenge Ohio State. Michigan State uh, takes the L there, nineteen to twenty nine. Uh, we also got Iowa State pulling off upset. Now, one thing I will say about Iowa State for you for those who don't know about uh, college football. Now, Iowa State is your for proverbial. Actually, I will call them the little giants, the little giants of college football. Y'all remember that movie where the, you know, the, the scrubs in the neighborhood got together and they were able to beat the, the raw team in the neighborhood just one time. Yeah, this is what I will say this. Usually they go through every season about 
I would say, five to seven wins every season. Sometimes they might look up, win a couple more, about nine games, uh, maybe win a decent ball game. But they're not. They're never really in a national conversation. But every year, every other year or so, every two to three years, I would say, uh, they come up with these upset wins out of nowhere. Uh, somebody within the top twenty-five. Usually they catch them at their house in Ames, Iowa. So if you're in the top ten, at least in the or top 25 and you're in the big 12 you're a fan of one of those teams i'd be i'd be worried going to Ames, but uh they pull off one of their one of their upsets again uh 48 42 they beat number 25 oklahoma state now in the sec play we got number five lsu losing to uh, florida 27 to 19 uh clemson they were able to right the ship uh, Trevor Lawrence came back, had a good game. They beat Wake Forest, uh, 63 to 63 to three. They stayed the number four team in the nation. Uh, we also got uh, Colorado. They keep moving along. They uh, they keep winning. Uh, they beat Arizona State, 28 to 21. They stay in the top 25 at number 21. Uh, we got UCF, uh, Central Florida, beating Southern Methodist University, aka SMU, uh, 48 to 12. Like I said, they're still. 12th in the nation. Then we got number 13, Kentucky, going down to Texas A&M, 14-20 in overtime. We also got Washington. They coming out against, they came out against UCLA, 31-24. Chip Kelly is struggling. Washington's finding their bearings. They're looking good in Pac-12 play. They're going to have to play my Ducks this weekend, though. Let's go. Let's get them. Now, like I said, Auburn, they went down to Mississippi State. Starkville took that L. Uh, they lost 23-9. Of course, they were number eight going into this game. They're going to definitely drop. Uh, at this point, you know, uh, they're definitely out of the conversation as well in terms of a championship. It's unfortunate, uh, but that just that just goes to, goes to show you any given Saturday, you can go down. So, you know, if you're a fan of that, of, of Auburn, Sorry, y'all. Maybe next year. Uh, we got number two, Georgia, beating down on Vanderbilt, 41-13. Who's really surprised? Uh, we got Wisconsin beating on Nebraska, 41-26. to Wisconsin's still at number 16 in the nation. Uh, they, like I said, uh, well, they've been eliminated with that loss to BYU in terms of a national championship or a college playoff. Uh, they're just trying to right the ship and hopefully challenge for the Big 12. Uh, in terms of Nebraska, they're still struggling. Sky Frost. Uh, their new head coach. It's been a it's been a long year for him. I think it's just going to get even longer. Number six Notre Dame uh, was able to beat Virginia Tech, uh, forty five to twenty three. Virginia Tech was at number twenty four. They're definitely they're going to drop. They're going to drop a, a few spots. Probably out of the top twenty five. And then the big final matchup that I wanted to talk about. It was another upset. We got unranked Utah taking out number fourteen Stanford, forty to twenty one. Now in terms of the stats of this game, uh, Utah can. In there, uh, three and two. Well, they're now three and two overall, but in terms of passing, Tyler Huntley went 17 to 21, 199 yards, and he also uh, had a touchdown. Now, in terms of rushing, Zach Moss went off, he had 160 yards and two touchdowns. Receiving, uh, Britton Covey, uh, he had six catches, 70 yards, and also Samson Nakua had 70 yards and a touchdown. And in terms of defense, uh, their linebackers, I'm sorry, their cornerbacks led the way. Jaden Johnson had seven total tackles and an interception and also chase henson had nine total tackles stanford kj costello he had a uh well 
I th- he's what kind of cost him the game. He went 26 of 41, uh, 381 yards, one touchdown, and two interceptions. Crucial interceptions, by the way. You know, those are the interceptions that, well, you know, well, Utah was piling it on anyways, but he definitely didn't help with his interceptions. He definitely made Stanford look human. Well, look like they're taking a big crash this year. I don't know what happens. Uh, Trevor Spates, he goes for 56 yards, rushing the ball and a touchdown. And in terms of receiving, Caden Smith has another awesome game. He goes for eight catches and 120 yards, but no touchdowns. Uh, J.J. Arcega, he also has eight catches, 103 yards, but he also has no touchdowns. Uh, Trenton Irwin, he had 100 yards. Uh, and also Michael Wilson, he scored a touchdown as well, catching the ball. Now, in terms of defense, uh, Bobby Orinke, he led the way. Linebacker Bobby Orinke led the way with 12 total tackles, y'all. So uh, we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking some NFL. Like I said, we're going to be going over all the scores today. And uh, when we finish that up, we're going to be coming back with some baseball. Uh, we're going to be talking about these MLB playoffs, the NLDS. Uh, I'm sorry, the ALDS and also some NLDS as well, excuse me. And also, we're going to finish this show off with a review. I told y'all, thank you for waiting for it. I told you we got the Eminem Kamikaze review. It took me a minute, but now I got it. So we will be right back, y'all. Yo, yo, yo. We are back. And before we get into these NFL scores, I wanted to talk about one of the bigger injuries that happened over this week. And tight end Tyler Eifert of the Cincinnati Bengals has been placed on IR. Uh, he suffered a broken right ankle in uh, this week's this week's win versus the Dolphins. And like I said, it's going to take about four to five months for it to work itself out. So the team has decided to put him on IR. Uh, he will be replaced by CJ Uzoma and also Tyler Croft. And uh, Tyler Croft, he uh, he has some experience. He's caught a he's caught a few passes uh, through the course of the years. Of course, not on the level of Tyler Eifert, uh, but. Uh, so far, Eifert was sitting on 15 catches at 170, uh, 179 yards, and he also caught a touchdown. This uh, touchdown uh, came in this week versus the Dolphins, like I said, a win. And um, I think it's going to hurt them a lot. Uh, this was a, definitely a weapon, uh, a potential end zone threat. Uh, somebody who caught a lot of passes outside of, you know, A.J. Green. So uh, a little bit more difficult uh, for Andy Dalton, but again, uh, he does have a solid coaching staff. He does have A.J. Green, and his running backs are not that bad. So they should still be all right. Uh, but let's get on to these scores. And the Jets were able to beat the Broncos today, 24-16. to uh, The Packers, they drop, they drop a, a big one, I think. Uh, they dropped one to the Lions, 31-23. to And let's break this game down real quick. Uh, the the Packers are now sitting at two and two with a tie against the Vikings, and then the Lions are now at two and three. Now, uh, in terms of stats, uh, the uh, in terms of the Packers now, uh, Aaron Rodgers went thirty-two of fifty-two, so another good game from him, four hundred and forty-two yards and three touchdowns. In terms of rushing, not a lot, not a lot to talk about. Aaron Jones only got forty of them, and in terms of receiving, Devontae Adams had nine catches for one hundred forty yards and also a touchdown. Marquez Valdez Gantling also has 68 yards and a touchdown. And in terms of defense, Blake Martinez led the way. He had 
five total tackles and a sack. Now, in terms of the Lions, Matt Stafford, he also had a decent game as well, going 14-26 to 26 for 100, uh, 183 yards and for two touchdowns. And in terms of rushing, the rookie Carrion Johnson had 70 yards, and LeGarrette Blunt was able to punch it in two times. And now, in terms of receiving, Kevin Galladay, he led the way. He had four, uh, four catches for 98 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Marvin Jones, he also had a touchdown catch as well. And on defense, defense uh, safety, uh, Clover, um, sorry, Glover Quinn, he had 13 total tackles. Again, I just think with how the season has been going for the Packers, I thought that was an ugly game to lose. Um, I don't know how they recovered from this loss. It was a pretty good, you know, a good win on the line's part. Too. They outplayed the Packers, which you don't necessarily see a lot. Um, I'm not saying this is an omen for the Packers that they just, you know, automatically fall off. But again, I kind of feel like they're the Steelers. Like they're they're coming to the end of you know their their best players' prime, and uh, if they don't look to make changes soon, you're gonna see them fall off really fast. But uh, that's just my opinion. My humble opinion. Let's move on to the rest of these scores. We got the Giants. They lost to the Panthers 33-31. Graham Gano kicks the game-winning field goal uh, for a 63-yarder, which ties the NFL record by your boy, Sebastian Janikowski. Of course, the Giants' defensive players are mad, but everybody's mad at the officials. Go figure. Now, we got the Titans. Uh, they lost to the Bills 12-13 in an ugly game. That's all I'm going to call it. Moving on. Now, uh, the the Steelers, they were finally able to get their act together for about a week, and they were able to beat the Falcons 41-17. to Pretty good win, but then you got to take into account that the the Falcons are just losing a whole – they're missing a whole lot of people, especially on defense. But let's break this game down a little bit too. Uh, let's talk about these stats real quick. And Matt Ryan went 26-35, uh, 385 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Devontae Freeman, he only ran for 32 yards, so they didn't get no help from him or anybody running the ball for that matter. In terms of receiving, Austin Hooper, the tight end, led the way. He had 77 yards in all. And then Mohamed Sanu had four catches for 73 yards and a touchdown. Touchdown. Now, on defense, safety, DeMonte Kazee, he led the way with six total tackles and an interception. Now, for the Steelers, you know, Big Ben, of course, did his thing. He had he went 19-29 for 250 yards, three touchdowns, and he had an interception, though. But uh, for the most part, a better, a much better game from him and also Antonio Brown. I'll get to him in just a second. James Conner had also a great game as well. He had 110 yards and two touchdowns. And speaking of Antonio Brown, he had six catches for 101 yards and two touchdowns. And on defense, they got help out from T.J. Watt, who had eight total tackles and three sacks. Now, going to the rest of these scores, the Browns were able to steal another one. Uh, they got one from the Ravens, 12-9, and nine, and a, another ugly scoring game. Uh, but Baker was able to come in for them in the clutch, so there you go. Uh, the Bengals, like I said before, they were able to get that win uh, against the Dolphins despite losing one of their better options on offense. Uh, they were able to beat the Dolphins 27-17. And the Chiefs, uh, they were able to beat up on Jacksonville. This was a game that surprised me. I, I had a feeling that – one of the undefeated teams, uh, them being the, them or the Rams, were going to take an L today, and I was leaning towards the Chiefs just because, you know, I was, you know, I, I legit believed, I legit believed in Jacksonville's defense, and I believed in Kansas City lack lack of a pass defense, but 
um, boy, how I was surprised. So let's get into these stats. Greg um, Bortles, he went uh, for 430 yards. He had a touchdown before interceptions. He also ran for a touchdown as well. TJ Yeldon only had 53 yards of rushing. Now, in terms of receiving, Dante Moncrief, he had six catches for 76 yards. And TJ Yeldon also had uh, 69 yards of receiving with a touchdown. Now, on defense, Telvin Smith had 13 total tackles. So, again, you know, not, not a lot of help from defense looks like today. Uh, and Blake Bortles, trash. Trash. At least today. At least today. I'm not going to beat him too, too much. But he did take him to an AFC championship a year ago. But today, he's trash. Now, talking about the Chiefs, though. Uh, we got the uh, we got Pat Mahomes going 22 or 38. He had 313 yards. He also threw for a couple interceptions as well. So that high streak, it might be over. It might not be. But you got to remember, you know, overall Jacksonville does have a good defense. They do have good corners. Jalen Ramsey is over there. Uh, AJ Bouya, I think the man's name is. Other guy's name is. So two solid cornerbacks. Uh, they can shut. They can shut down receivers pretty well and create. Uh, turnovers. Uh, but going into the rushing side of things, we got Kareem Hunt leading the way. He had 87 yards and a touchdown. And in terms of receiving, Travis Kelsey, he had five catches for 100 yards. Now on defense, Anthony Hitchens led the way with 10 total tackles. Again, I was expecting the Chiefs to take their first L today. Um, if you look at the numbers, Pat Mahomes, of course, he didn't have a monster game that you were expecting. He came down, you know, he looked mighty human. He looked mighty humbled. Uh, but again, they were able to get the win, and he was able to help out with it, with that, help out with that with a rushing touchdown. So, you know, despite the numbers, I don't think it keeps him down. You know, mentally, I still think he finds ways to succeed. Uh, again. He was still able to throw the ball around for 313 yards. Obviously, Travis Kelsey is a big is a big target as well as Sammy Watkins, and we know he has Kareem Hunt and Tyreek Hill, who really did, who really was shutting out today. So um, look for them to probably rise up again. Uh, this this loss doesn't mean too much. I still think they definitely win a division and they get a playoff spot. Uh, moving on, we got the Rams. They were barely barely able to eke out a win against the Seahawks, thirty three to thirty one. The Niners they lost to the Cardinals, twenty eight to eighteen. That one surprised me. And uh, to wrap everything up, we got the tight. I'm uh, sorry, the Texans beating on the beating the Cowboys in overtime, nineteen to sixteen. All right, y'all. We're gonna take another quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna be talking some baseball. Like I said, uh, we got the NLDS. We're gonna preview some ALDS action too. And um, yeah, we'll be right back, y'all. Hey, hey, everybody. So let's get into this NLDS. And the Brewers were able to come out on top against the Rockies tonight. Uh, 6-0, completing the three-game sweep. This is the third, third time they are going to the NLDS in their history. They outscore the Rockies in the series 13-2. And in terms of tonight's game, Eric Kras, the catcher, he stepped up big time. He had five total hits and also two RBI, RBIs. Now, also in terms of pitching, Wade Wiley, he had a pretty good game as well. He went for four innings. Three only allowed three hits, zero on runs, and he also had two strikeouts. The bullpen, uh, the Milwaukee's bull, 
bullpen throughout the series has also been solid. They've only given up two hits, only given up, uh, sorry, they've given up eight hits, but only two earned runs. They also had 22 strikeouts and a 1.17 ERA, which means the Rockies didn't do a whole lot of anything. Nolan Arenado, Chase Blackman, those guys didn't step up to the plate. And I'm Kind of surprised, but then again, the Brewers were probably the hottest team coming into the playoffs. They were able to win the NL Central outright, uh, forced uh, Chicago to go to a wild card, and eventually lose that game to the Rockies. And they just took some momentum and they seized it. I think they're the team to beat in the NL. I'm very interested to see uh, who wins this series against the I'm sorry, the uh, Braves and the Dodgers. Uh, whoever wins is going to have a difficult time against the Brewers. I'll tell you that right now. But speaking of which, the Dodgers, they lost tonight to the Braves 5-6. to six. Uh, L.A. still leads the series 2-1. to one. Uh, Now, in this game, the Dodgers, they had a pretty solid, solid game from Chris Taylor. He had a hit, basically a two, uh, he had a, uh, sorry, a two-run homer. And also third baseman, uh, Justin Turner, he also had two hits in an RBI. In terms of pitching, Walker uh, Bueller, he went five innings, had five earned runs, uh, but he got seven strikeouts. So, um you know, they gave up their runs today. And actually, uh, the game was tied at one point in time. Uh, just Freddie Freeman came through for the Braves. He had the game in the home run in the sixth. Uh, left fielder Robert Acuna Jr., he also had four RBIs off of run home runs. He hit a, he hit a grand slam, if y'all don't know what that means. And in terms of pitching, uh, they had two pitchers go get some action today. Sean Newcomb got uh, Newcomb got the start. He went two, he went two innings. Uh, he allowed a hit. Hit and a run, and he also got three walks. Uh, also, Kevin Gaussman, he went two innings. He had two hits, uh, two earned runs, but he had four strikeouts. So, um, Atlanta's going to look to even the series. I'm not 100% sure if that ha- sure if that happens. Again, this is another game where LA Stars stayed a little bit silent. I'm waiting for that game that they just unleash and if they have a monster game and, and close out the series. Uh but again I, I'm I'm going for the Dodgers in this series. But with that being said, it's gonna be an uphill climb against those those Brewers. Now uh catching up on the ALDS um games three will be held tomorrow uh, between the Yanks and the Red Sox and also the Indians and the Astros. Uh, but as of right now, uh, Houston leads that series two zip uh, against the, sorry, excuse me, against the Indians. The last game um, ended uh, three, uh, the last game they won three to one. Um, of course, uh, your boy Marwin Gonzalez, he had four hits, two RBIs. Alex Bergman also had two runs in the RBI. Uh, as as far as the Indians go, uh, Josh Josh Donaldson and Edward Encarnacion were were hitless in that last game. Uh, their starting pitcher Carlos Caraza, uh, sorry Carlos Caracaso, uh, he went for five innings, had six hits, uh, six hits, excuse me, two earned runs and three strikeouts. So it was a struggle for him. As far as the Astros pitching that last game, uh, Garrett Cole went seven innings, only gave up three hits, earned run, one earned run, and he had twelve strikeouts so you know that game it looks it looks to me i'm just saying you know like i said uh the astros they had solid pitching uh they have an okay uh you know okay roster 
But I just thought that Houston just had way more. They got Jose Altuve, uh, Alex Bregman. Uh, they also got Springer, who can hit homers as well. I forgot about Marvin Gonzalez, who can hit, you know, who can hit homers as well. So they just look to be too, too, too loaded, too loaded for the Indians this year. Um, in terms of the uh, Yankees and the Red Sox, that series is tied. Uh, the Yankees did win that last game, six to two. Now in that game, Gary Sanchez went off. He had a, a grand slam. Also, Aaron. Judge and Andrew McCushion hit for RBIs as well. Masahiro Tanaka had a great game. He went for five innings, gave up three hits, but only one run, and he also had four strikeouts. Now, in terms of Boston, uh, that last game, uh, Mookie Betts, the MVP candidate, and also Andrew Benatendi, the two better hitters on that team, had zero hits. Uh, in terms of well, uh, in terms of pitching, David Price, again, he struggled. He only, the starting pitcher, he only went for one inning. He gave up three hits and a one. He also gave up two walks. Now, they did have a, a bright spot. Uh, Xander Bogarts, the uh, shortstop, he did have an RBI and also a run himself. But again, it wasn't enough. Not enough to beat the not enough to beat the Yankees and all that power hitting. So, you know, with that series being tied, that's the only series where I'm really not too sure about. Uh, they kind of match up with each other evenly, and of course, they played each other throughout uh, the reg you know throughout the regular season. So they know each other in and out. So this is going to be a very methodical series. This one is probably going to be the most uh, exhausting of all the series we see in the playoffs because, again, they know so much about each other. They know just where to take each other in terms of pitch count. They know, like I said, all their starting pitchers, all their relief, you know, all their bullpens. Uh, this is going to be one of the, I say, one of the most difficult to gauge right now. All right, y'all, we're going to take one last break, and when we come back, like I said, I was going to review that Kamikaze for y'all. I liked it, but I'm going to tell you a little bit more why when I get back, y'all. All right. All right, y'all. So we are back, and we're gonna wrap this up for tonight. And uh, I'm gonna talk a little bit about this new album from Eminem, Kamikaze. Of course, it's not new, new, uh, but it's, it's his newest album. It's his newest work, and I really uh, enjoyed it. Now, when it first came out, I was, I was, you know, uh, I, you know, saw that it was Eminem. You know, a new release by him, and I just took people's word for it. I didn't really, you know, want to take the time right away to listen to it. Uh, I let people tell me it was a good album, and I took it, you know, took it verbatim, and I didn't really worry about it too much. Uh, but then, you know, MGK drops his diss track. I listened to it. I thought, you know, MGK, you know. Put some fire on him. Put some fire on him. I knew him was the better MC, but I said, you know what? Let me wait him out. Uh, he's going to definitely come out with a response. We knew that. And he dropped the kill shot. Uh, kill shot made me really, you know, want to look back into more of Kamikaze so I could see exactly where Eminem started his little uh, beef or, you know, originally, you know, started his side of the beef with MGK. And also at that time, I've been watching a couple other kind of guys on YouTube go through their little uh, review of some kamikaze and everything like that. And just kind of listen to them and listen to the snippets. And a lot of the stuff originally what I was hearing, and it kind of made me back away for a quick second, was, you know, it kind of sounded sound like an older older type guy, you know, yelling at the kids, get off my lawn. Uh, this is my, you know, my rap game and all that type of stuff. Y'all don't know what y'all doing, you know, with the out of tune and all that. And, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't, you know, quite relate. And, uh, 
But what happened uh, is after the MD, MGK diss, I listened to it for a second. I said, okay, you know, MGK definitely put some bars on him. And when I heard Eminem's response again with the kill shot, you know, just taking everything, everything MGK had and flipping it on him, I said, there's no way. There's no way that these young guys are really messing with M. There's no way a lot of these guys could mess with Jay if they really wanted to. Uh, Nas, if he if he really wanted to take off on a lot of these guys, uh, nobody can mess with these real true lyricists. Uh, there's there's very few. There's Kendrick. There's J Cole. Uh, those two main guys. Outside of those two main guys, I mean, who else do you really got? You know, he might got Drake, he might have album sales, but I don't even think he got the bars like that. We obviously know he don't got the bars like that. But um, I I saw where Eminem was coming from. You know, he called a lot of people out. Of course, he called out Drake in his ghostwriting, and he called out, you know, Lil Yachty and all that type of stuff. And I thought it was relevant. I think, you know, those guys, a lot of these guys, they might, you know, have the record sales. They might have all the popularity, so on and so forth. But in all reality, I mean, it's not really hip hop. It's not genuine. And a lot of it is commercialized, um, you know, and, you know, Eminem just, you know, he had his he had his opinion. He had his two cents on it. And not every song on there was a banger. Of course, you know, he still had a couple little relationship songs that, you know, kind of hit and miss if you're not into that mode at the moment. And, you know, but overall, the energy is there. The fire is there. Uh, my top three songs, I definitely liked uh, Kamikaze, the title track. Uh, I think it was a lot of energy. Again, the, the punchlines are always there. Um, that's that's an Eminem thing. Uh, I didn't I wasn't necessarily a fan of chorus per se, but again the bars mm, on fire. He's on fire. I also liked Fall. The beat on that amazing. His flow on that probably the two best things about the song. And this is where he does a lot of the calling out. You know, calling out Drake about the Ghost Riders, this and the, the Ghost Riders. And I think you know again we need to recognize that you know a lot of people. You know, if this is really about rap, this is really about skills, then a lot of us that have skills, a lot of MCs that have skills should be recognized. You know, if this was if this was, you know, twenty or so years ago in hip hop and they found out about Drake having ghostwriters, he wouldn't have got no love after that. It would have been a rap for his career. You know, we in a stage now where it kinda doesn't matter. You can be a fake gangster. And I'm not saying you have to be a rap to be a rapper or to be a a a, a um any type of you know, rapper on the mainstream or just known rapper at all it doesn't mean you got to be a gangster or a pimp or none of those things, but just know how to rap. I think just really be true to that aspect of the culture, be a good freestylist, be a good MC or really be able to write your own shit. You can say what you want. You know, I, I you know, a writer who can't write, that's like me, you know, taking somebody else's research and, and presenting it to y'all and calling this my podcast. You know, I actually go ahead and do the research. You know, I, I look into the books. I look onto the websites for hours on end. I write them on my own pieces of paper. Nobody writes this for me. You know what I'm saying? Nobody, you know, came up with the idea and I just took it and ran with it. That's not how you do it. And I think that's what, you know, M wanted us to understand. And I'm not mad at that. Of course, it comes off as a as somewhat, it comes off as the grumpy old man on the porch. But if you look past that, and if you look at the state of hip hop right now with, you know, you know, the who's who, you'll understand where he's coming from. Uh, I definitely think 
there might there should be a change. I definitely think we need to have more variety uh, than what we do now. You know, I'm not saying that you have to be a pimp or a hustler or anything to be relevant in rap. Hell no. Hell no. You could just be a guy that hates his nine to five and wants to change his life. It doesn't matter. You could be anything you want to be. Just be real with it and actually, you know, make your own bars. And uh, I think, it, you know, he definitely defended himself on all fronts. You know, uh, Charlamagne had called him out about his presence in the black community and just what he's done overall for hip hop. And he's like, man, back up off me. You know, I've done enough. I've influenced enough people in this game. I put in a lot of a lot of people in this game. So who are you to, to question my authority or question who I am because of my skin tone? You know, he, he let Charlamagne know that. And Charlemagne is a donkey anyways. And, you know, he works strictly for the man. So who is he to call out anybody when he know he worked for the man anyway? You know, just happy to be able to publish the book. But he's talking about somebody else's. You know what I'm saying? So just be, I think a lot of people need to be in their lane and he develop, develop themselves. And that's and that's part of what Eminem has always been been about. He's always been in his lane. He's always been with his people that's trying to get him to the right spots. And he's done that. He's shown up time and time again. You give him the right beats. You give him the right platform. You give him the right hunger and the right motivation. He'll put up a dope, a dope album. Now, um, I don't know how it compares with with Lil Wayne's just yet. But I think it's a little bit more fire off top. But uh, I'll get back into y'all with that a little bit later. But tonight, we're going to wrap it up, though. Uh, we'll be back either tomorrow or uh actually I, I, yeah actually you know what let's come back to i'll come back tomorrow night i'll be going over some monday night football with you guys of course we're gonna have the world on the street and uh so far that's what i know we're gonna have anything we'll add you'll be hearing about it when we get to that point all right y'all i love you if nobody has said it to you at once this point today i love you y'all have a good night and thank you for listening peace out